Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge, you grab the bull by the horns, you find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Very excited to welcome back to the program, friend of the show, Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst, also the co-host of the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny, wherever you get your podcast. Mina, what's going on, bud? Happy, uh, happy start of football season. You know... Even though the Seattle lost in humiliating fashion, uh, I still am. I have that post week one glow. I think some people think it's pregnancy. It's not. It's the return uh, of football. Uh, can, can it, I, it, yeah. The the return of my football got muted a little bit when I was calling the Giants Cowboys game, and I uh, <laughs> mean our selling point. This was our selling point. Um, my play by play guy Ryan Radke. You know, last year. The Colts were leading Minnesota 33 to nothing with eight minutes to go in the third. There's 10 minutes to go in the third here. That's two extra minutes that, that uh, the Giants have. And that was all for naught. But that was the only thing because that was, that was the largest pile of, of cow dung I've seen in a while, especially on an opening day. I briefly got excited because I thought Lance might be active but then he wasn't <laughs> so no. that would have at least been a little bit interesting uh to get a little look at Trey Lance but yeah I mean I you know I thought the Cowboys would win 
I've felt all I've been saying all off season. I think they're the best defense in football. They're so deep. I thought that the depth was really on display as well as obviously the top end talent. But I think um, while you don't want to overreact to New York and, and think the season is over, the trash, the offense is going to be a nightmare. Like it's, it's not going to be this bad. I do think it was a harsh reminder of the talent discrepancy between the teams and also the nature of New York's offense, which is they're really not built to come from behind in the same way that Minnesota was, you know, with Justin Jefferson making crazy plays like that is an offense that needs to keep things on time that needs to have everything open to them in terms of optionality in the run game. And when you take that out, it can get pretty ugly pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, it definitely uh, did early and often in that game. Mina, you brought up the the defense for the Dallas Cowboys. We had some news finally on the Chris Jones front as it Oof. pertains to defense for the Chiefs. He comes back, signs a one-year deal, so no added years on the contract, incentives to try and get it up over it was. Uh, what did you make of seeing this move now? I think a lot of us were wondering coming off Thursday night, was there any sway and leverage either side? And we'll wait to see the full numbers of this, but it feels like Chris Jones didn't really get what he was looking for. No, he didn't. Um, You know, if he wanted security, I think that obviously it's a one-year deal. We'll see what the structure is. I believe he was making under 20, set to make under $20 million. I'm guessing they got that probably into, we'll see the mid twenties or something. Um, it was an interesting game week one because watching it, I actually didn't feel like he gained that much leverage. Honestly, um, they could have used him at the end. Of course, he's you know noted for his closing abilities, but I thought the Chiefs' defensive line played pretty well. Defense as a whole, uh, it, I like most people, it was the absence of Travis Kelsey that I was most struck by. I feel like, and, and you guys would be able to speak to this, him being in the building kind of weirdly backfired because, yeah. Yeah, you know, I there's there, there's some you know I, guys respect other guys' business and yeah. that, and always say the right things about it, but there is something about watching your team, which everyone knows is a Super Bowl favorite, go down. You're on the sidelines, you're in the crowd, rather. That can't feel great. Uh, the discourse around it can't feel great, and I'm just glad he's back because, um, well, he's amazing. But also, uh, it, it, it makes this team a lot easier to get your arms around when he's on the field. But I will say, as a, a Mike and I were talking about this, as a former player, there's you want your team to win, but you want your area of expertise yeah. on the field to not look good. I mean, that's that's yeah. just human nature, so you can try and gain leverage. And I agree. Uh, he didn't get that. And it seems like this is that stopgap because – the talk of reporting after eight games for people that, that don't know you have to play X amount of games for the year to count yeah. or it's, he's doing it all for nothing if he doesn't have the year count. Now he's back. The year will count. But, I mean, we could be reliving the franchise tag next yeah. year and going through this whole thing uh, again uh, unless they get that deal done. So I'm not really sure where that one's going to go. And, and I guess – not as bad as what, what the Giants look like, but do you have any concern for the Chiefs in losing that game? Because we all thought Detroit was going to be a good team this year, uh, but still seeing Kansas City lose was, was still a, a bit of an eyebrow, eyebrow archer. Yeah, I think it was um, – The I mean, this is – I'm not alone with this takeaway, but it was a pretty stark reminder of how thin they are at pass catcher. And watching this offense – it wasn't just Travis's absence that was glaring. I thought Juju's, Juju Smith-Schuster's absence was really glaring in terms of being 
a reliable pass catcher, an answer against man coverage, a guy who can get very quickly open on their RPOs and all the stuff they do underneath. And someone on that offense other than Kelsey is going to have to step up into that role. You don't need like a great wide receiver. You don't need a number one with Kelsey's on the field, but you need something. And it didn't look like they had it uh, week one. Finding someone to step up. Kind of the story of, of week one overall is a lot of teams in the roster uh, construction have changed and we're looking for these new faces. You brought up the Seahawks game there. I, from watching that one, is there now more concern for you on the Seahawks side? Or yeah. is this a Rams team that maybe we weren't giving enough credit to? Uh, not to be political about it, but I do think that you can really split it down the middle um, to – Big takeaways. I think the Seahawks off. So on the Seahawks side, I think the offense will be fine, assuming that the tackles come back, which was a huge issue. Yeah. I mean, Geno Smith just didn't have any time in the second half. Yeah. I'm not terribly worried about that offense, though, if, the, if they're healthy. The defense, on the other hand, I think while they were missing some starters, particularly in the secondary, the first-round draft pick, Devin Witherspoon didn't play, Jamal Adams didn't play, still major issues in coverage and also the pass rush. And I don't know if those are going to get better. So my takeaway watching Seattle is because of those defenses of issues, which I think are very real and will continue. It's obvious that they're, they're fighting for a wild card still to me, but on the other side, you have to give, I think equal credence to the fact that Matthew Stafford is still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And that's something we, I, I think we all slept on, but it's like, I don't know the guys, I didn't even know if his elbow was functional. Like, I, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, <laughs> give myself too much uh, of a beating for not anticipating this, but wow, it was just such a reminder that when that dude is healthy and he looked healthy in this game, he can sling it. I mean, he, he makes throws that probably five guys in the NFL tops can make. And I have to say, rewatching the tape on this one, it was honestly one of his most impressive performances of the last few years. You know, and look on the, I guess, impressive or surprisingly to the negative side, you, you could go through all these games. The Bengals only putting up three points. The Browns defense playing incredibly well. But so one team that I thought was ready to take a step was Pittsburgh. You know, Kenny Pickett take the next step. You got Pickens. You get help on the offensive line. You always have a tough defense. And it's friggin' Mike Tomlin. This one surprised me. Maybe more credit to San Fran, Brock Purdy telling everybody, hey, I know I was Mr. Irrelevant, but I'm good. You know, even even though last year last year wasn't a mirage. How surprised were you with the Pittsburgh performance? I thought I thought San Francisco would win, but I thought Pittsburgh would keep it closer than they did. Um, you know, there there were a couple things that I think took me by surprise. I thought Pittsburgh had make a lot, had made a lot of improvements last season and then into this offseason on their offensive line, and it was just a reminder. That, I mean, they just got bullied by the San Francisco, not just Bosa, but the whole defensive line. And that, I think, while it, you know, San Francisco is one of the two best defenses in the NFL, so it's not going to be every week for them. And I think the offense will look a lot better than they did um, that to me was a reminder. Oh, they're, they're still not there yet in terms of, uh, their ability to compete in the trenches. And I think Pickett also, you know, um, I thought he had made some improvements in terms of his play under pressure, staying in the pocket, hitting different parts of the field. Uh, but last yesterday it almost looked, he looked like he did at the beginning of his tenure, uh, last year when he came in before things settled down for him in terms of how rattled he was by the pressure. He was missing guys who were open middle of the field again. Uh, so it's gonna, you know, it, it's, you don't want to over 
react to week one against, again, what I believe is probably with Dallas, one of the best defenses in the NFL. But it was a reminder that momentum in the end, like it's not linear, right? Like even if that offense was improving, we saw them in the preseason, they're still not ready to compete with those types of teams. And I think that was my biggest takeaway. Yeah, I think this part of the season is interesting because there's a few teams that we feel like based on the continuity of the roster, what they did last year, we can kind of use as a measuring stick for some of the other teams around the NFL. I feel like, especially because of the roster, Philadelphia falls into that category as one of the few teams in the NFC we feel like we can comfortably put in an upper crust. So let's use them in the New England Patriots situation. Bill O'Brien back there as offensive coordinator, Matt Jones and the reclamation job there. What did you make from their plan with him and how he executed week one against Philly? Yeah, this was a really interesting watch because while I think some of the dominant teams, Dallas, San Francisco, reminded us why they're dominant, Philadelphia, I felt... um, did the opposite, right? They actually, I I think we saw some of their potential weaknesses this season. I still think they're going to be a fantastic team and they're going to figure a lot of things out. But on both sides of the ball, I thought New England exposed some of the issues uh, with the roster, which of course often happens when you go to a Super Bowl and you lose players, you lose talent, you lose coaching talent as well. And I thought that was pretty, that was definitely on display. Um, To your question about like New England and the changes they've made offensively, I think just, um, it was a lot of what we expected out of a Bill O'Brien coached offense uh, in terms of, you know, Mac Jones was in the gun. I don't think he ran under center play action like what, maybe twice the entire game, which they did a lot of last year. He was in the gun, spread things out, RPOs. They were putting him in uh, empty and hurrying things up to clarify the picture using stacks and bunches, basically all the stuff that he did in college that Bill O'Brien did in college. Uh, and sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Mac missed some throws. He made some made some throws, but overall, it looked like a normal NFL offense, which obviously is a dramatic <laughs> improvement on last year. And then the Patriots defense just slaps. I mean, that's the other thing with Philly, yeah. where, where it's like, you know, okay, you got to consider competition week one. I, I know people are worried a little bit about the offense. I thought Hurts looked a little rattled by the pressure, but you guys. New England's defense is sick. <laughs> I mean, uh, they ah! just have, they got some dudes up front, and um, they're obviously very well coached as well. So I, I think we're going to yeah, see a yeah. lot of really good offense, including, by the way, next week, Miami, New England. Ooh, baby. Ooh, that offense yeah. against that defense, I cannot wait to watch. I have good defenses in that AFC East for sure. I was surprised, you know, Philly coming off 70 sacks. And Mac Jones yeah. throws it 54 times. You only got two sacks on that. Nick Sirianni, their coach, saying maybe I should have played the guys a series or two in the preseason. I don't think that was going to make the difference by putting them out there for a series or two. But yeah. those guys probably read that and said, oh, hell, next year we're going to have to play in the preseason a little bit. <laughs> we, we've been talking a lot uh, about defenses. Before the season, I picked uh, Micah Parsons to get finally get Defensive Player of the Year. Mike went with Miles Garrett. Both guys had really good games. Do you lean toward one or two of those, either one of those guys, or do you have somebody else in mind well, that you think may take that step? It got it got a little lost because they got their butts kicked, but TJ Watt was an animal on on, on Sunday. Um, I think though it is going to come down to Parsons and Garrett, um, both of whom too. And this was we knew this was a case with Dallas. I think with Cleveland, this was something we thought might be possible, but had to see. Now they're part of defensive lines that are deep, right? I mean, again, Dallas's defensive line we knew was deep, but the additions the Browns made on that defensive line 
uh, in terms of making life easier for Miles Garrett, not getting double teamed as once as often or lined up over the freaking nose. <laughs> that was so That's the meanest thing I've seen a football player do to another football field on a fo- yeah. <laughs> football player on a professional field. And I don't know how long full blown basketball crossovers and then actually crossing dude over. They had him in lined up inside. I want to say like three more times too, because every time they did it, I was like, Oh, it was like a horror movie. Um, but Zedarius Smith looked amazing week one. Dalvin Tomlinson, their pickups, Oba Okoronkwo. Uh, we kind of, again, we knew this, but you had to see it. So I think just situationally, both of those defenses um, will enable those guys to, to make this like a true down-to-the-wire DPOI contest. I can't wait. But, I mean, Parsons is like... Uh, oh. I mean, they're, they're both so good. I don't know. They're, they're both so, so, so strong, so fast. So many moves. It's just a terrible time to be a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Uh, it's not cute out here uh, for anyone wearing a jersey, especially on the interior. Those guys shouldn't legally be allowed to come inside. Mina, um, one of the other guys I know you were high on in the preseason defensively was Jalen Phillips, part of that rework Dolphins defense. Obviously, a lot of gaudy numbers there, but what did you make the first look at Vic Fangio and this Dolphins defense getting stress test by the uh, Los Angeles Chargers? You know, it was actually a little bit mixed, and it kind of got lost in the shuffle because Miami won and because the offense looked like such a buzzsaw, especially at the end. But the Chargers were gashing them on the ground, um, which was really interesting. I thought, again, it's kind of lost in it, but like Kellen Moore had a pretty good week one outing against the defense yeah. that I think a lot of us expect to be pretty impressive, particularly running the football. The run game looked very different conceptually, but both Joshua, Austin Eckler, of course, and Joshua Kelly had a lot of success. So I think for that's something I would keep my, my uh, eye on with regards to Fangio, I and mean, we know his defenses tend to play with lighter boxes and do seed the run a little bit by design. But at the end, uh, you know, they closed it out. Uh, I thought the pressures were very cool. And, uh, you know, Phillips had gotten so close all game, too, which was kind of the story of his season last year. He was always like just a millisecond away from a sack. So to see him close it out, I think uh, it felt appropriate. And, and it's just a good harbinger for a season. You know, we, we talked about a couple of the things that Casey has to get a receiver to step up. Uh, the Giants can't come, you know, if they're down a couple of scores, they're going to tr- have trouble because they're not a passing team. But we always throw in, it's week one. How you look in week one, you're going to look different in week six or seven. But like those two things, are there one or two more things you saw in week one where you said, even though it's week one, this could be an issue going forward with this team? Yeah, I think sort of alluded to this with the Eagles, but um, I think the offense will probably be fine because I think that's one where you're like, okay, the Patriots defense is extremely good. Brian Johnson's still getting his feel as a play caller. But uh, the way New England attacked them on in terms of the, uh, like up the middle, their spine, linebacker and safety, we knew that was going to be a vulnerability with some of the loss of talent. Kobe Dean now is out for a while. If I'm an offense that's all I'm doing against Philadelphia. I am throwing at those linebackers and safeties. Um, I think the run defense looks okay, but that's that that's something I think for like a very very good team that I would monitor going forward. Play Minnesota, um, although it sounds like James Bradbury is not playing, so you know maybe I would go up whoever whoever his backup yeah. is against Jordan Addison might be the better matchup. But uh, that's something I think that could continue as an issue all season long. 
Um, and then other than that, I would say, you know, Detroit week one, it was a great win, but I think the lack of a uh, perimeter threat on offense is something that jumped out to me. Obviously, Jameson Williams will come back from suspension at some point. Um, and you know, they, they got things rolling in the run game as, um, things went along there unsurprisingly, because they're so good, obviously in the trenches, but that's something that I would kind of keep an eye on because, um, a little too many targets for Marvin Jones in the year 2023. Yeah. I'll just say that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely uh, an interesting strategy, to say the least, walking into this season. Uh, Mina, we keep you here all day. Before I let you go, though, one thing, and it's kind of college, kind of pro, but it, you're always great at covering the draft. How excited are you about this class of college quarterbacks that's going to be up for the NFL draft this next year for all those teams that are eligible? Dude, I, this is like the thing I'm most excited about with my leave is just getting to watch so much college football this year <laughs> because I, the the level of quarterbacking, I don't know. I mean, you, you guys are obviously really dialed into it. It feels different from – it's not just like, okay, it's very top-heavy with Williams and May and, and some other guys threatening in the first round, but it feels deep. It feels like a draft where a team picking – near the end of the first round actually has a chance of finding a starter. I mean, I, I really enjoyed watching the Duke kid Leonard uh, against Clemson because that's actually a real defense. You know, some of these guys haven't really played real defenses right. and his athleticism just was pretty astounding to me. Um, Penix in Washington. I'm a bit of a homer there, but uh, some of the throws he makes, his game is flawed and he's going to be a fascinating prospect for a number of reasons, but that arm is uh, pretty impressive. And then, and then I, you know, I mentioned May, and I, you know, I'll just Caleb Williams is kind of like so obvious. It's like, do we? We don't really need to talk about him. But Drake May, I thought um, that was an interesting one this weekend because um, their UNC was playing App State, and he had to drive them down the field, minute and a half left or so, just watching it. You know, so you get a, a good glimpse at situational football and I thought he looked fantastic in terms of his athleticism his poise the way he was using the field so I'm very excited to watch these guys all year uh they're just so many cool players it's, it's awesome, pretty much man. time it's pretty much yeah pretty much time to let you go now because you didn't mention <laughs> Sam Hartman at Notre Dame so I think <laughs> done I didn't, I, who did you guys play I, I did not get eyes North on that Carolina, North Carolina State I mean uh, come the on yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the okay, the Stugats right. is strong in Mina. I'm, Mina. I'm done with you, Mina. I'm done with you. Sure Mina, you thank, thank you so much, friend. We appreciate you. Bye, guys. Brought to you by Wrangler. Jeans, shirts, and jackets made for the ride of life. Be ready for those cooler days and longer nights in styles that keep you warm and keep you comfortable, moving, and looking great no matter where you are. You can wear Wrangler jeans literally anywhere, at work, out at night, playing a pickup game with friends, or at home watching the game on TV. They're that comfortable and that durable. And there's a Wrangler shirt for every occasion. Casual tees, snaps and button-ups, or layer them together for a little of both. And don't forget the iconic Wrangler jackets. When the weather starts to chill and you need to venture out, Wrangler will keep you ready for anything. Add some Wrangler to your getup with jeans, shirts, and jackets that look great, fit great, and move great, so you're always ready for whatever life throws at you. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order when you use the promo code GOJO15. Wrangler, for the ride. 
Welcome back to Gojo and Golik, brought to you by Wrangler. Made for the ride of life. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order with promo code GOJO15. Fellas, got to discuss right here some odds changes on the DK Sportsbook that have occurred um, after the occurrences of last night. So the Jets' odds went from plus 1,600 on the DK Sportsbook, okay, to plus 6,000. Oh. <laughs> I mean, Yikes. you hate to see it. Super Bowl 2024 yeah. not looking like a possibility for the Jets anymore in their current state. Wow. Yeah, that's a tough scene, Dad. They opened the season as the second best odds to win the AFC East, and now we're only ahead of the Patriots uh, in that category. But a precipitous fall from Grace here, which you know, probably reflects how you feel as a team. Like it had to, I, I still can't get over be so strange last night all those players you saw Quinn and Williams getting interviewed after the game lighting off talking about Xavier Gibson and what he did in that moment talking about Zach Wilson coming in off the bench helping this team go and beat a division opponent on Monday night football and then having that sobering moment where you sit there at the end of the game and sort of black back in and realize oh my god the guy that we've all been talking about during training camp having a future Hall of Famer at quarterback is gone right in a moment's notice yeah, and and as as I said before, Mike, you and I both know that he'll now get put to the side. There'll be that immediacy of, wow, can't believe that happened, but then it's put aside. They go to Dallas. They play Dallas this week on a short week because they played Monday Night Football, and they better better find another quarterback uh, to back up Zach Wilson, You know, unless you're going to lay it on Tim Boyle to be the backup. And maybe this week they will because whoever they bring in may not learn the system uh, soon enough, or how soon can they get another quarterback in? But they need to. But that is going to be the thing. They they have to, and, and it won't take long because you're going to start watching film. You're going to get a game plan. That offense, especially that offensive line, has to start looking at what the hell that Dallas D-line <laughs> did to the Giants on Sunday night. And the sobering thought of reality sets in that, okay, Aaron's gone. I got to put that aside because – we got guys on that side of the ball for Dallas that are just humming to get to the quarterback. So that's where my focus needs to be. But that's what happens in the NFL, man. While we could talk about it all we want, it is going to be pushed aside and the players have got to get ready for the next game. Yeah, but they're not robots, Dad. Like, I get self-preservation is nope. going to take over for these guys, and you're going to have to go out there and save your own ass either for the future of your contract or just yes. so you don't get whooped by somebody. But also, and we talked to Hawk about this show before in Kansas City, guys also know, especially veteran guys that have been around for a while, you saw their faces in training yeah. camp on Hard yeah. Knocks. You saw the way guys responded to, especially Sweet on hope. offense. Sweet right. hope. I, I mean – Everyone on that team knew how much easier Aaron Rodgers was going to make their life. And conversely, they all know how much harder their life is going to be now. Yes, so, yeah, they're yes. going to go back to their routine. But there is also that sinking feeling that's the backdrop of all this of, yeah, we kind of know deep down in places we're not going to speak about inside the facility that this season is already foobar. Yes, that you're exactly right. I mean, that part of it is true. But what will what will rise to the top? next and quickly is 
self-preservation and how am I going to play this year, as, as it always does with players, whether it's for their future in the NFL, a contract just to play well. But no, I listen, I agree with you. As I, as I said before, 1991, our Eagles team was one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl that year. Game one against Green Bay, Randall Cunningham gets his knee blown out by Bryce Pop, and we all, we all sat there collectively saying, no way that just friggin' happened. It is a sobering thought. And, and as you go on, the one thing that definitely will happen, as you go on and have a season that you didn't think you're going to have and lose games that you thought you would win, that's when it'll come back into your mind. My God, if only we had Aaron here, you yeah. know, things would be going better. Oh my God, you know, we don't have him. I got to go play. But then as we did as a defense, and by the way, this is kind of similar. We had a great defense. The Jets have a great defense. You sit there on the sideline and you watch the offense kind of, you know, be mediocre and go, come on, guys. I mean, let's right. go a little bit here. You know, let's let's pick it up. You know, we had a lot of stares as we were running on the field and the offense is running off the field. Like, come on, guys, pick it up. And and that that may happen at some point just out of human nature. Yeah, and I think that's the point. You always talk about this, Dad, too. What a team owes the other 52 guys on a roster. Yeah. We usually think of this relative to a quarterback competition or breaking in a young quarterback. But in this case, it's, what do you owe the rest of this roster that looks in that shop in the defensive side of the football and says, we are a Super Bowl caliber defense. I know exactly. DJ Reed, some people thought he spoke out of turn comparing them to maybe trying to be one of the best defenses of all time, but that's the mentality they have, and that's the kind of mm -hmm. personnel they have on that side of the ball. And so you owe it to them to go out here and deal as aggressively as humanly possible for what the future of your season can look like if you are the New York Jets. So again, that is the unbelievable world Jets fans are waking up to this morning. Although if you ask Jets fans like Stu Gatz, who we tried to text the other day <laughs> for Stu Gatz, this is exactly the outcome that he always yes, predicted exactly. and what Jets fans should be used to because none of them can ever know joy. All they can ever know is pain. Um, Dad, we talked with Mina and earlier on this podcast about the good news that Chiefs fans got. We just now saw details of the Chris Jones contract emerge online. Ian Rappaport reporting that All-Pro Chris Jones will sign a one-year deal worth up to $25 million. So his base salary for this season was supposed to be $19.5 million, but he has a chance to make up the fines, which were almost $2 million that he suffered during training camp and missing week one, and with more with incentives in his package. And, Dad, some of those incentives we saw reported by Pro Football Talk include things like playing time percentages, sack totals, defensive player of the year awards, and Super Bowl appearances. Yeah, and I'll be honest, uh, for what Chris Jones was looking to get and what he's now settling for to come back, not 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 awesome. I mean, no. don't get me wrong. He's going to get a lot of money, but you know, now we're going to go into next year. He'll be a free agent. They can tag him, and the tag number next year will probably be a little over $23 million, and then we're going to go through this again. Will he sign the franchise tag if he, in fact, is the one getting tagged? Will they work out a long-term deal? Because he gets a million for 35% playing time and a million for 50% playing time, which he's going to get. Sure. But that 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 two million there, all that's going to do is offset the fines and the missed game check, right? So now you're back to even, right? Just on that. And then it's a mil and a half for 10 sacks, another 500,000 for 15 sacks. So 1.75 if he gets 15 sacks. Two mil defensive player of the year. That's going to be tough. And Super Bowl win two mil. That's, that could be attainable. So 
again, the first couple that he's going to get is just to offset the fine money, which remember, you can't rescind now. You can't take away. He's going, he loses that money. Yep. So all in all, this is not a, by a great shakes, a big win for him, but he had to come back at some point this year. I do think there was part of this, Mike. He talked about coming back in week eight. And as I continue to say, you have to play X amount of games for the year to count, or it would be worthless for him to not have the year count. But there's you're so, so susceptible to injury if you're waiting that long to come back. And I'm sure there's wants to come back and help the team as well. They just lost in week one. So it's great they're getting him back. I, I, you've got to believe he'll have another good year, but then you're going through this process again next year. So this is, to me, is a monster win for Kansas City, the team. Yeah, I don't think there's any other way to slice it. Kansas City, in this tug of war, comes out on the other side the winner. And, yeah. Dad, you mentioned the effect of that night one game. I do wonder. We talked about that very human response of, yeah, I want my team to win, but it'd be really nice if the defense looked like they needed me out there. And that defense only gave up 14 points in that game. Right. And so maybe there was part of him that worried over a longer sample size. Hey, I know what kind of coordinator Steve Spagnola is. I know what kind of group we've got out there and the rest of them. And will my will my absence be felt strongly enough to make the right. point that I'm looking to make? Or is this only going to get worse for me? And it seems like whatever version of that feeling existed came out on the other side and now lands the Chiefs with ultimately a net result that could still be good for the player, right? If they go on and have yeah, the kind yeah. of season that they're expecting and Chris Jones balls out again, then we're talking about a guy who is still going to have considerable leverage in this conversation. And maybe if it's not with Kansas you know, again, the franchise tag complicates all of this, but there's still a world where this works out well for Chris Jones and another Super Bowl and more accolades. But to try and get him paid like some of the top defensive tackles in the league, when you look at Aaron Donald making 31 a year, Quinnen Williams yeah. making 24 million a year, Jeffrey Simmons 23-5, he is not in range with those players. And that seemed to be the goal of all this. And unfortunately, a goal that was not met. And so that's the news for Chris Jones. Coming up next, let's see what the news is with Giants camp as wide receiver Darius Slayton joins us next. Growing up playing sports, I learned really quickly that how you do the little things is how you're going to do everything. That's why coaches always harped on us about having our hand behind the line on sprints or picking up our locker because that was going to directly translate to critical moments on the field, making sure we're lined up right, taking the right steps so we can go out there and execute and win ball games. Small actions can have big benefits just like how taking care of your gut can support your entire body's health. That's where our friends at Seed come into play. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is going to benefit your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I just got my welcome kit and started taking Seed's DSO-1 myself, and I'm loving it. I love the convenience of being able to have it in the cabinet with my other supplements because you don't need to worry about refrigerating it, and I love the free travel vial that comes along with it. I'm constantly on the road, and so being able to take DSO-1 with me on the go is huge for my lifestyle here. I'll tell you what else I love is the fact that it's backed by science. DSO-1 was developed in collaboration with Seed's scientific board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome. And with new clinical trials and breakthrough research published in top scientific journals, Seed's probiotic research development and innovation programs make DSO-1 a product you can trust. And it's great in convenience too. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when they're used consistently just like any other routine health habit. And Seed's subscription service is going to easily help build DSO-1 into your routine again with no refrigeration required so trust your gut with seeds dso1 daily symbiotic go to seed.com slash gojo and use code 25 gojo to get 25 percent off your first month that's 25 percent off your first month of seeds dso
CSO1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash gojo, code 25gojo. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, welcome back. Uh, we are hopeful to talk to New York Giants wide receiver Darius Slayton uh, here in just a couple of minutes. Dad, uh, coming off, listen, what we talked about was a definite setback at the start of the season yeah. for the Giants, but I think for them, and I'll be curious from his standpoint, as you've always talked about, the sober assessment of a game that goes that far out of whack. Because we know in the NFL, we don't see those very often, but at the same right. time, game script, so many things contribute to that. It doesn't end up just becoming a talent gap thing. That's not how this no. works in the no. NFL. The players are all so good across the board at all these positions. And so how they bounce back and what they take from this ultimately is going to be really fascinating to hear. Well, it really is. And if listen, if you play long enough, this is going to happen to you, if not once, a few times right. where you have to deal with this. So it's how do you deal with this? How does Brian Dayball deal with it with the team? And it's something I'm curious with Darius. Did, and I talked about it because I called this game for Westwood one on Sunday night is a lot of times you won't even watch the tape of the game. Other times you'll watch it, you know, every single play and have to relive it. So it just matters what the process is because you're right. This is not indicative of the talent difference between the two teams. This is something where things just are going wrong over and over. You make a catch, the ball gets popped out. You get a, a, a kick block. I mean, it just it was one thing after another where even if you're on the losing end of this, you're just going, my God, what else could happen? You know, what What else could possibly go wrong here? And then you just kind of wipe it away and say, okay, it was game one. We move on. Yep, you've got to have that next game mentality. And so uh, for more on that, uh, let's welcome in New York Giants wide receiver Darius Slayton, kind enough to join us now here on the show. Darius, good morning, man. How are you? Good morning. Appreciate you guys having me on. And, and, and Darius, I, I was just mentioning that if you play long enough, God knows I went through a couple of these games. You're, you're, this is going to happen. I'm curious, as I was just talking about, coaches deal with it differently. Some don't watch the tape. Some do watch the tape. How did how did Brian Dayball and, and you guys deal with this loss? Um, we went through the whole tape. You know, I think there was a lot um, on tape that we could learn from, a lot of things that we knew that we could do better and um, I, in the in previous uh, coaching staffs, previous years, we've had games where we played very poorly. And like you said, there's been times where we didn't go over it. But I think it was important for everybody to sit there and kind of just uh, have a chance to soak up and, and learn from the mistakes that we've made. 
what did you take from it personally watching that game back? Um, for me personally, you know, it's, uh, anytime there's a rain game as a receiver, honestly, it sucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, you know, the thing that you kind of try to take away is that you, in a game like that, it's never like one person or, oh, if this, if this unit played better, then we have a different outcome. Or if this unit played better, we have a different outcome. You know, everybody has a hand in it. No, for, I always try to myself first and decisions that I made that could have possibly, you know, changed maybe this play or that play. And you know, football is a finicky game. One play that maybe goes for 60 instead of minus two might be the difference in the game from a momentum standpoint. So, um, you know, I think everybody should go at it with an accountable mindset and just see what they did that they can do better. Yeah, I'm sure there was definitely a lot of that. I, I'm wondering at halftime when it was 26 to nothing, what what was said and what was the process at halftime getting ready to go out in the third quarter? Uh, well, at that point, you know, most of most of the points they scored were, like, inflicted wounds. At that point, we had given up the blocked field goal to pick six. I think they maybe scored once on offense at that point. So, um you know, obviously, we knew we weren't we weren't playing well on off offense, playing to the level that we know that we're capable of playing. And um, but it's the NFL. You know, shoot, last year you just saw somebody, uh, the Colts or no, the Vikings came back from like thirty four, yep. whatever. So you know, you, at halftime, it's it's way too early to be like, okay, the game is over. So I had the mindset we're going to go out there and get back in the game, and and obviously it ended up not going that way. But but that was definitely our mindset at halftime. So you talked about the decision to go back home through the game, try and find the things you can learn from. What was Brian Dable's message to you guys after that game and since then, though? Um, biggest thing he said was just no excuses. You know, like I said, it's easy to walk away from a game like that and be like, oh, well, this or that. But, you know, the biggest thing he said was just no excuses. Be a hand in it and we all have to be better. So how to going for you go to Arizona this week is if the game plan normally game plans go in on on Wednesday is by then will everything with this be wiped clean? Yeah, I mean whether whether we would have been on the other side of forty zero or on the side we were on, it would be that way. You know, it's the NFL. You got to move on to the next week. One one game doesn't define a season, and um, you know tomorrow morning when we go hit the field, you know it's time to move on to the Cardinals. Darius, you're entering your fifth season in the NFL here. Daniel Jones gets a big deal this offseason here. You've been around him for a while now. What have you noticed as you've been getting ready for this NFL season in him that you expect people to see in this 2023 season? Uh, grown, you know, very poised. You know, I think a lot of times people watch quarterbacks, and you know, they always say some guys look poised or, you know, they look comfortable. And I believe he's grown a lot in that area. You know, I think he has. Great command of the offense now. Our second year being in it, having that familiarity, uh, tells a lot. But um, you know, at this point, he looks very poised. He plays, makes good decisions, and uh, you know, look forward to playing with him this year. You know, you were drafted the same year as him as 2019. You signed that extension in 23. So, for you personally, where where are your goals uh, going forward after signing that extension and starting this year? Um, just shoot, proving that I was worth it. You know, I think that's kind of, you know, whether, you know, you sign, uh, 
you know, deal like Joe Burrow to sign for world record money or, <laughs> you know, he's, you know, whatever, you know, I think, you know, once you get that type of deal, then now it's kind of on you to go out there and show why, you know, so, you know, that's my mentality and, you know, I'm planning to play that way this season. Darius, another guy in your guys' offensive room this offseason that was a topic of a lot of conversation was Saquon Barkley, his contract situation, running backs in general. For you guys that are around him, that know him in the locker room here, what's it been like watching a teammate go through that and now have him back in the room with you? Um, I mean, we all understand the business of the NFL, and, and at least for the time being, we all understand what the – quote unquote reality of the running back market is. And um, you know, obviously, you know, we all believe Say's the most talented or one of the most talented backs in the league. And, you know, we all from all aside, you know, from a from a friendship standpoint, you know, you want to see your friends do well. You know, you want to see your friends do better. And um, you know, I just I want the best for him. Now I'm glad that he's here. I'm glad he decided to, you know, show camp with the team and um, you know have a guy like that on your team it's very true you guys do have a, a collection of really talented players and i think everyone uh believes that as the season goes along it's going to look a lot different than it did on sunday night darius can't thank you enough for joining us man we know it was a tough start to the season and you guys are already getting on to week two so best of luck the rest of the year continued health and success and hopefully we'll get to talk to you again soon thanks appreciate you guys having me on thanks darius yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, they say a lot, hey. of, lot of lot of respect, man. There's, yes. a, there's a lot of guys. I mean, Dad, you've done this job for a long <sighs> time, and a lot of guys coming off a loss in the opening weekend that everyone's talking about that way wouldn't have showed up for an interview that they had planned on the book. So I have a lot of respect for Darius Slayton showing up and, and answering the questions like a professional. It was impressive. A whole lot of canceled interviews on Mondays or Tuesdays after a team loses, let alone losing forty to nothing. So. Coming on here and answering all the questions, I mean, yeah, I give them uh, give them a lot of respect for that. And and they aren't as bad as the forty to nothing score. Now there will be some that said maybe they aren't as good as we thought. Time's going to tell. Again, it was week one. You got you got sixteen more games. They go to Arizona, which played decently well against Washington. What everybody thinks uh, Arizona has the worst uh, roster in the NFL. So this is a place for them to go out to Arizona and, and and try and get what you know win in the books and get back on track again. And as he mentioned, this is how it works. Game plan goes out tomorrow. You wipe away what happened last week and you move forward. Yep, you you still have so many reps from last year that you can go back to and say we know what kind of team that we can be. And now getting punched in the mouth like that week one, you still got so much of your season ahead of you. You still got so many things to compete for here. It's got to be an incredible reset going out. If you were already maybe coming off a of camp, you know, there's the excitement of the season. But if you needed any help, look no further. Coming up next, though, we got to look to the real enemy. We need to be playing defense again in NFL stadiums. Next on Gojo and Gola. Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIT. Only on the DK Horse app. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus, 21 plus in certain states to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik here on DraftKings Network. We're here and ready to send you guys off into the rest of your day the way we always do with this, that, and the third. Three quick stories. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us that five-star rating. Check us out on DraftKings YouTube, DraftKingsNetwork.com, and Samsung TV Plus live from 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern. Monday through Friday, and as always, support the people that support us, like our great friends at Knockaround Sunglasses. They've been here since the jump. They're great-looking polarized sunglasses that start at just 28 bucks, so they're not going to break the bank for you here. As we get into the fall, the sun is still our common enemy. I see people out at tailgates all the time having a battle against that thing. Look good, feel good, feel good, play good, play good, pay good. We are also on the home stretch of Major League Baseball season. They got the first nine teams of their MLB collection out there, so you can get great-looking shades there to go along with your game day fits into September and October. And when you go to knockaround.com to get yourself some of the best-looking shades at prices that aren't going to break your bank, just starting at $28 for high-quality polarized sun glasses use promo code golic get yourself free shipping on that order dad jesse let's get it going here and get started off with this um fascinating stuff right now jesse going on uh in the world of ncaa basketball dad as according to college hoops insider seth davis fox sports is in negotiations with several power conferences to hold a postseason men's tournament in las vegas featuring teams that did not qualify for the ncaa tournament the 16 teams would play at t-mobile arena during the final week of march after the ncaa tournament's elite eight games and under the terms of the proposed agreement the top six teams would be in the Big 12, the Big East, and the Big 10 that didn't qualify by the tournament as ranked by net and would be required to play in the Fox event if they are invited to the NIT. The same could also be true for the Pac-12. Dad, this is more of television partners seeming to dictate the future outcomes of the world in college athletics. Uh, listen, if I'm a player, I love that. You go to Vegas. Uh, you play, you go to Vegas. And I'm sure, especially in the first year of it, you probably get some good swag for this tournament. So if I'm a player, I'm all for it. Again, we it's a money thing. We get it. Uh, that'll be involved. But I, I'm listen, no who watches the NIT anymore? I know I don't watch the NIT. I don't know. This will be new, so people may tune into it, but eventually I don't think people are gonna watch anything outside of the NCAA tournament. If you didn't qualify for the NCAA tournament, if you're not one of the best 60, what, seven teams, uh, in the 67, 68 teams in this. Who's watching? Uh, well, but I think the interesting part about this, and I saw Matt Brown over at Extra Points write about this, is the timing of it, Dad. That last week of March, if you're a right. team that didn't make the tournament, you're likely a sub-500 team, maybe a bad right. team, and maybe thinking about firing your coach or making any other number of moves there that all of a sudden you're not going to wait on to play in some tournament that, like you said, ultimately doesn't bring you a lot of glory on the other side. So logistically, it's going to be interesting to see how this would actually work with teams. There's also the thought of using NIL deals uh, they're encouraging sponsors of the tournament to sign NIL deals with players since the TV partner can't pay them. But again, if you were a guy that was thinking about entering the draft, that's not going to be enough reason for you to stick around either. 
like I said, it's for the players, you get to go to Vegas if you want for a little bit, unless you're getting ready for the draft. Other than that, I don't think this works. I, I don't think people are tuning in to watch teams that weren't one of the top 68 in the league. I just, I just don't see it, or in the country. I just don't see it happening. No, yeah, there's doesn't no way. look like it. It's like, yeah. the, yeah. here, you guys weren't good enough, so let's make you play each other, and we'll enjoy watching that. It's almost like you'd rather the season be done, right? Yeah. It's like I talked about with your Little League team, Mike. You guys stunk. You didn't win a game, and in a bye week, you had to go scrimmage somebody and get your butt kicks it's again. So it's so like, mean. It's like, yeah, now go yeah. play again. Yeah, but at least you're playing against other bad teams. There's something to be said for that, I guess. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yep, it is It is interesting, but as Matt Brown also pointed out, and if you don't subscribe and read extra points, you should, this could get more existential if all of a sudden other TV partners see this and go, well, hey, why don't we do something like this instead and then see if the sacred cow that is the NCAA tournament is somehow excused from all of this. As we're learning... Money is the driver of every decision made in the world of college sport and everything else will continue to be secondary. Um, Jesse, let's get to that uh, and begin the conversation about robots on this show with robots in Major League Baseball. Yeah, so Pirates third baseman, Cabrian Hayes, he wants robot umps. He took to Twitter and said, some umpires really don't care. 3-1 call, not even close. I hold him accountable after the game, walking off the field. And his response is, shrugging emoji, I gave you a chance to hit a home run. That tells me you don't care at all. No accountability. Bring the ABS, please, at MLB. <laughs> Guys, I think this is a terrible idea. I don't think we should be bringing robots into... I'm scared of robots. I agree, Jesse. The yeah. more and more we go along here, I understand the burden of wanting to get things right. And we see it all over sports, right? P reviews more plentiful than ever in college in the NFL. And in some instances, we talk about, they make the life of the official e easier. They're saving their bacon because there's so much to watch in real time. How can a human possibly catch all those things? We've got VAR in the world of soccer. We've got whatever the Hawkeye system is or whatever in tennis right. um, that they use which to go the for the reviews there, which yeah. is incredible. Yeah. But, Dad, the closer we get to all these AI conversations, the more it makes me uncomfortable watching things like this potentially play out. I feel like just on principle, I've got to stand here and support human beings. You know what? It, in this, though, you know, the reviews we're talking about, though, are bang-bang plays, right? And, and without question, tennis has the best. I mean, you get it within 10 seconds, and we move on. It's done. The up is sitting behind the plate. It's balls and strikes. I mean, it's right there in front of you. The amount that these umps are missing on balls and strikes and some of their calls blows my mind. That being said, I still would rather have a human ump, even though sometimes in baseball, I think them more than any other sport, they love being the center of attention. Oh, you know, yeah. they love their wild calls and they love getting John with the managers or other players. And sometimes they like the spotlight a little too much. But still, I mean... This is a balls and strike. You're right behind the plate. I am I am somewhat amazed at the amount of calls that are missed. Though that being said, I would rather not have the ABS system either here. Yeah, I I do think though, unfortunately, and this is one of those where the argument always is it actually is there to help the umpire. Yes. Because yes. we have all on the home on the broadcast, you've got the strike zone there. We've got every broadcast breaking down where the balls were. You can spell it out in plain letter plain letter. And fans that are at home watching that get to see that. And so you get some of these egregious calls and you get them being the topic of conversation that would be muted to some extent if you had a system in place to help these guys out. 
Uh, let's remember too, the ump's still on the field. Okay, sure. it's not you're you're not taking a job. It's not a robot taking a human job away, which which we know we 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 don't like. The ump's still out there, you know, behind the plate. So it, it doesn't go that far. So we'll all of a allow sudden, it. We'll, we can work yeah. with the machines. We'll yeah. Allow so that. working with the machines is okay. Just don't let the machines take over and start running things, which is all our fear. Absolutely. And that is how we get to the third, Jesse, yes. which is the most terrifying outcome of all this. Yeah, so AI robots were in the crowd at the Chargers season opener to promote uh, a film called The Creator. And these things are so terrifying looking. They look, if, if they didn't have the exposed parts on the side, I would have thought that those were photos of just people in the crowd. Can you imagine going and sitting down in your nope. seats and those are next to you? Nope. Look, I mean, the part that sucks, too, is people are going to make the obvious joke that now we actually had to make up Chargers fans because you couldn't find enough real ones around yeah. the Los Angeles area to go to that game. But, uh, yeah, this is a hard no from me on all fronts in this situation. I watched the preview for that little movie. It seems like the end result is going to be this conversation about how, hey, you know, the robots there and the human beings are going to work together. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. That ain't what no. this looks like, Dad. And quite honestly, no. the biggest crime of all this, that this didn't happen in Buffalo or Philadelphia, where this situation would have been handled promptly in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. They would yeah. put that through in a the table parking in Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or they'd have been they'd have been thrown if if they're still in the old vet in the seven hundred level, they'd have been carried up there and thrown out of the stadium off the seven hundred level in Philly, which would have been perfect. No, absolutely not. This goes back to the robotic dog at Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta patrolling around. Don't tell me there's no laser beam. Don't tell me there's something where the, that that thing can't cause some kind of damage. And don't tell me at some point they don't get a mind of their own. Sorry, seen too many movies. I know they're movies. We're not supposed to believe it. But I don't need to hear that the, that the humans are controlling the robots, that all of a sudden you try and control them and we're not controlling them anymore and they take over the world. No. I would have had God. a water poised right next yep. to me to pour on that thing. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, circuit yeah. out. Get over here, you brave little toaster. See how well you function after all this. Hey, Hopefully you guys all toaster. function well enough to go download, subscribe, rate, and review. Check us out on YouTube. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.